The parable of Jesus given to us by St. Luke today is one of the most confusing in all of the Gospels. What is Jesus recommending here? What is he trying to say about wealth, about honesty, about stewardship? To be honest with you, I read more about this Gospel than I ever normally do preparing for my homilies. And I still have no idea how to interpret it. And neither do the commentators. The most straightforward answer I can give you in a short amount of time is that Jesus is telling us to make provision for the next life. The steward in the parable realized that his current situation was untenable and could not last. So he began to prepare for whatever came next. That he did so dishonestly and that his master commends him for it are what make this parable confusing. But the underlying message is clear enough. Use whatever resources are available to you now to get ready for the things to come. In our case, what comes next is heaven. And what we do with our resources on earth is going to determine how we are received in heaven. If we love God more than we love our mammon, and mammon just means material possessions, by the way, if we love God more than we love our mammon, then we will realize that our mammon is not something to be clung to but is merely a tool to be used and given away in preparation for the life to come. Now, that being said, I want to focus in on one of the phrases near the end. Jesus says, No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. My friends, I think you should know that in my life, the two masters that I am constantly stuck between are serving you and serving myself. People do not always believe me when I say it, but I am an incredibly selfish person. I have never really resisted giving money away or using my talents or skills in service to others. But I say that I am a selfish person because... Whenever someone asks me for something, whenever someone wants to rely on me for something, I shut down and want to run away. The thought of being relied upon fills me with dread. Now, as one priest responsible for 1,600 families, I obviously cannot be available to every person at every moment. But there is a difference between healthy barriers and the internal movement of my heart that I am describing. As I have reflected on this internal movement over the years, I have come to realize that it originates from a very deep desire of mine to be completely independent. I never want to have to ask anyone for anything nor do I want them to need anything from me. Any kind of attachment that cannot be broken or set aside for a time threatens my ability to be free and to set out on my own. 
This is the master of serving myself. And this is why I believe God called me to the priesthood. Because every vocation is designed to lead us to holiness. And the greatest holiness for me will come from learning how to live in a completely dependent relationship with other people. This is exactly the lesson that diocesan priesthood teaches. How people rely on me should be obvious. Every sick call, every request for spiritual counseling, every petition for services or my presence or my time is honestly a deep spiritual struggle for me. It is a struggle I undertake every day for the sake of God and his people. And it is a struggle that every day drags me kicking and screaming closer to holiness. But it may be less obvious how I rely on you, the people of God that I have been sent to serve. The most obvious way comes from celibacy. Every human person is created for relationship, and every human heart desires friendship and intimacy. Certainly the most potent fulfillment of this desire for friendship and intimacy comes from the Lord. But that is true for priests and laity alike. It is not exclusive to religions. In the everyday fulfillment of this desire, though, the Lord will often use the people around us. And for married people, friendship and intimacy comes first and most often from one's spouse. But a celibate has to rely on his or her community for daily friendship and intimacy, be that a religious community or a parish community. By committing myself to lifelong celibacy, I have made my need for relationship permanently dependent on you, the people of God I have been sent to serve. I have ensured that if I want to be happy in this life, I have to rely on you and cannot rely only on myself. This, by the way, is why it was and is so important to me that I live on the parish property, because it serves as a constant reminder that I depend on the people of the parish and that I belong to them. The other primary way that I rely on the people of God is financially. I am not a mendicant, which means I do not take a vow of poverty. I do receive a modest income from the parish budget, and I am free to use that income as I see fit. But, and this is what is so horrifying to me, I am not here selling a product. Priests do not make money because of the quality of their homilies or their success as a parish administrator, as anyone who has languished under a poor homilist or a negligent manager can attest. Selling a product would allow me to be independent, because my income would rely only on myself and my ability to succeed in an open market. But instead, I make an income exclusively because the people of the parish have decided that the Catholic religion and the Catholic priesthood are worthy of support, 
independent of what they get out of it. I am forbidden from making money in any other way. If people stopped taking their religion seriously or stopped giving to the church, I would be out on the street. Again, my greatest temptation is a desire to be free of dependent relationships. The sinful, broken part of my heart hates the idea that I am reliant on anyone, especially for something as profoundly important as my happiness or financial well-being. Which is why God has given me you as my second master and asked me to choose. Between my selfish needs and the needs of my people, which will I love and which will I hate? To which will I be devoted and which will I despise? I constantly pray that I should wake up every morning choosing my vocation and my people. Now this, of course, brings us to the Call to Service Christ campaign. When it was first introduced to the priests, many of us found the idea of asking for our own retirement needs unseemly and self-serving. But I have come to realize how truly healthy it is that I should have to stand before you and declare once again that I am completely dependent on you, the people I have been sent to serve. I need this constant reminder that I am not independent, that nothing I do is done on my own, that my life ought to be one of service and humility. And I hope that every priest who has to make this ask realizes the same thing, and that it will lead all of us to greater holiness. The details of the campaign are straightforward enough, so I will be brief. A portion of the money goes to retired priests' pension and medical needs, a portion to the retirement needs of religious sisters, a portion to campaign expenses, and a portion comes back to the parish. You will receive a mailing from the Archdiocese with all of the details and a suggested pledge. Please keep in mind that this pledge is expected to be paid over three years, not right away. If you have any questions, we will have links on our website, and many of you will be contacted personally by a volunteer. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Christianity is a collaborative exercise. But even more so, it is an exercise of radical dependence on the Lord and on each other. I hope that my life, flawed as it is, can serve as an example of the dependence that God calls each of us to. Thank you for your generosity over the years, a generosity that has allowed me and every priest to answer the call to serve as Christ.